Attention SLPs and OTs with existing private practices. Are you ready to level up your private practice and your life and make this your breakthrough year? If so, join us for Make More in 2024, a free training offered on Thursday, March 21st at 8 p.m. Eastern to discover how to shift from clinician to CEO. During the training, we'll talk about the importance of maximizing your income, adding revenue streams, setting up systems, and more so that you can ultimately work smarter and build a successful, sustainable, and sellable business. To sign up, just visit growyourprivatepractice.com backslash training. Don't miss the chance to learn how to effectively navigate the growth phase of the private practice journey. See you on the training. Chelsea No always knew that she wanted to be in private practice, so she didn't waste any time. She started her private practice early in her career, and it's growing very, very quickly due to the need in her area. She decided to join the Start Your Private Practice program to help her get her ducks in a row and start seeing clients while she was pregnant with her second child. In the episode, Chelsea talks about how there is never a right time to start a private practice. So if you're waiting for the perfect time, Chelsea's story is proof that you shouldn't wait for the life that you want, you should create it. Stay tuned to learn more about Chelsea and how she's making her dreams and her family's dreams come true. I'm Jenna Castro-Casbon, speech-language pathologist, business coach, and creator of the Start Your Private Practice system. And I'm on a mission to turn stuck SLPs into successful private practitioners. If you're tired of dealing with high productivity requirements, high caseload sizes, and low pay, it's time to take control of your professional, personal, and financial life and finally get the freedom, flexibility, and financial abundance that you deserve by working with private clients in your own practice. Join me here each week as I share tips, best practices, and inspirational interviews on the Private Practice Success Stories podcast. If you're a private practitioner or one in the making, you're in the right place, so let's get started. Is this the year that you start your private practice? Could be. It's funny, I talk to a lot of folks who are starting private practices and to a lot of folks who have already started private practices and are starting to grow them. The ones who haven't started yet always tell me that they're waiting for the right time until they have more time, until they can afford it, until their kids are grown, until they move, until they're ready. And I totally get it. Life is busy. And sometimes you honestly don't have the time or the energy to take on anything new, even though you want to. But we all know that if there are things that you really want to do, you prioritize those things. So it's okay. I get it. You haven't prioritized starting a private practice yet. Maybe one day you will, and maybe you won't. But what I do know is that if you want things to change, you have to do something about it. If you don't like your job, you can stick it out and feel miserable or get a new job, or maybe even create a job that you love for yourself. If you aren't earning enough and you're struggling financially, you can either hope that things change, like maybe you get a raise or win the lottery, but we all know that the chances of getting a raise as an SLP feel like the same chances of winning the lottery. Sorry, that was kind of a bad joke, but you get it, right? So quick story, I'll never forget my first December working as an SLP. 
I was on the phone heading home from work when my dad asked, what did you get for your Christmas bonus? It felt like a punch to the gut. Nothing. Nothing, he asked in surprise. Nothing. I actually don't even think they do bonuses here. He was shocked. As someone who works in corporate, he is used to getting even a small Christmas bonus every year. And he was sad to hear that I wasn't getting one. And to be honest, I was too. I was getting married the next year and really could have used some extra money to put toward our wedding fund. I was new to being an SLP, and I didn't realize yet that most SLPs don't get any kind of bonuses at all. Despite our level of expertise, despite how much we care about the people we serve, and despite how hard we work for our clients, but on behalf of our employers. The next year, I had an opportunity to start working with my own private clients. I was really scared to start, especially since I was still relatively new to the profession. But I decided that if my employer wasn't going to give me a raise or a bonus, I was going to give it to myself. And I did. That year, I earned an extra $24,000. And I put that toward my student loans and my wedding fund. I decided to stop waiting for other people to pay me and find ways to pay myself. So I decided to own my value and find ways to get paid more. The lesson, don't wait for financial freedom, create it. At this point, I would like to introduce you to our guest for today, Chelsea, who is also working on creating her own financial freedom for herself and her family. All right, so before we dive in, can you please share your name, your location, and the name of your private practice? I'm Chelsea No. I live in Butler, Missouri, and my private practice is No Nonsense Therapy. Which I love the name of your practice, by the way. Thank you. It's a good one. So I've gotten to know Chelsea over the past couple of months, right? You joined the Start Your Private Practice program, and you had such tremendous growth and success that then you joined the Grow Your Private Practice program, which you're in currently. But before we talk about how your practice has grown at a pretty rapid rate, let's start at the beginning of your career. Let's go back to to the beginning of when Chelsea became a speech pathologist Tell people about what your early jobs were like, job or jobs, and then how you started to find your way to private practice. So I went to graduate school at Rockhurst University in Kansas City. I actually, as I was cleaning my office earlier today, found my first book that I used because I always knew I was going to be private practice, uh, the small patient practice by Janine Colburn. And so I knew I was going to do private practice at some point. Everyone in my cohort knew. I even did clinicals for a local private practitioner that has her own clinic. She now has two clinics. So that's exciting. About 40 miles from me. Um, I graduated in May of 2019 with my firstborn. My firstborn, I had him that January. So very busy. My first job was for a private practitioner in my hometown that I had shadowed in high school and knew growing up. And she only contracts to schools and first steps. Uh, first steps is like our state's early intervention program. So I went with her to do contracts. Um, the fall went great. 
I had a really big caseload, but I didn't know it. I was in my CF. I was just seeing kids. I didn't realize that 60 some kids was a high caseload. And then of course, 2020 hit and we were shut down for the pandemic. So I'm in my CF and I have a high caseload. And one of our districts I contract with is demanding teletherapy. So I go and take all these CEUs as a CF and I'm, I can do teletherapy now. Great. And so I did that. I took that summer off. I didn't work, stayed home with the baby, got pregnant with baby number two, started that next fall, same company. Um, But then come January, a month before I'm due, went in for what I thought was a normal tax meeting with the business accountant. And I had special meetings with them because I was supposed to eventually take over the practice. And I was the only other full-time employee. So I I went into this thinking, oh, it's just another tax meeting. We're just going to go over some numbers. And there was a retroactive pay cut, a retroactive hour cut. And I was pushed from salary back to hourly. And I was told I had to cut back my hours for the rest of the month because I was already over. And so it was at that point, I took an early extended maternity leave. And that April or May, it was either that April or May, I joined Jenna's start program. And I did all the modules. I'm, you know, being active in the group, getting everything going, thinking that this current year, I'll just do private clients on the side. Well, come at the end of last school year, we decided to part ways because there was a disagreement on the pay and how many hours I could have and that sort of thing. So my previous employer agreed to let go of one contract she had already signed and I could take it. And I bid it that next day. I bought... Uh, I don't know who did the course on your platform, Jenna, but I bought their school contract course and did it that night. And so I bid it the next day. And he actually is a superintendent of a co-op that helps eight other school districts in this SLP desert. And so I had other superintendents that, hey, we heard you're open for business. Can you bid our contract? So I am now full. I have, I'm looking to hire. I have no more room in my schedule and it's solely off school contracts. Amazing. Y'all back up this recording and listen to what she just said, right? You had this situation that, you know, you were all of a sudden not in control of like your pay, right? They were going to cut your pay retroactively. You were about to have your second child, Right. So talk about an unexpected kind of a situation that then you had always had this private practice dream in the back of your mind. Right. You're from grad school. You had, you know, this this dream. You couldn't wait to do it. All of a sudden you had this opportunity and you're like, I'm going to do this thing. And you did. I did it. I love that. And, you know. So for people who might be listening, who are like, wow, I cannot believe that she just like made it happen. Like Chelsea is an action taker, right? Like, like I said, I've been able to observe you in these programs and like, she takes action. If there is something that's going on and she knows she has an opportunity to do something like she's going to make it happen. Right. 
Okay. So tell people who are listening, you know, what was that first, those first couple months like transitioning and now you have these school contracts? Yeah. So the way school contracts work is normally in Missouri. I don't know about anywhere else. Typically in Missouri, those are bid in January or February. So we're actually gearing up to bid next year's contracts. Think of when teachers are given their contract that they have to return to the school or like a school-based SLP. Um, And so when those aren't filled, that's when we swoop in and we're like, hey, we're here to serve you. So I bid those in May, but I didn't actually start working for them and getting income until September. So I had just had this nest egg set back. I took on one private client over the summer. Again, I don't have a my website's in the works. Um, so this was all word of mouth. I had a private client from one of the schools I'm at now. The mom knew the superintendent and was like, I, I need summer services. So we met halfway um, and did an in-person initial eval. And then I did teletherapy all summer for one client. And that was some nice summer money. And then I hit the ground running with these contracts. And I had based my contracts on numbers that were very low. I was looking to replace my supposed to be income from last year and making those projection figures low. I'm actually taking home what my gross was supposed to be last year. And I exceeded all the goals. However, I am working more hours than I would like. Well, and hopefully that's something that you can maybe offset by hiring, which I know is one of the things that you're looking to do in the pretty near future, right? Yes. Yeah. Within the next, by next school year, we're going to hopefully have somebody. One of the things that you shared with me before we started recording had to do with your location, right? So you you mentioned that you're in Missouri in what you called an SLP desert. So tell people what what is it like to be like in a more rural area with not as many SLPs? Yeah. So in my area, we have a lot of K through eight schools that they they don't need a full time SLP, but they also can't really find anyone that's not telehealth. Really, there's just adult-based rehab hospital programs. The closest pediatric SLP to me that does on-site clinic, like private pay insurance type therapy is about 40 miles away from me. So really, there's not a lot of SLPs. And so really, the court was open for me to say... I'm going to, I can do contracts and private pay, or I can kind of pick and choose because we're in high demand. Yeah, absolutely. So folks who are listening, who may live in parts of the country that just don't have as many clinicians, 
that's a tremendous opportunity, right? And it's not, I don't mean to say it's an opportunity, you know, to like, you know, air quotes, take advantage or whatever. Think of all of the people who are going without services, who are having to drive far or who are stuck on wait lists if there's anything that is available. So what, what you know, Chelsea and you listener can be is someone who comes in and provides a service that's a much needed service for people in your community who are going without the care that they need, right? Oh, absolutely. And in a timely manner, you know, I, well, right now I have a wait list, but if you don't have a wait list, your wait list is short, those kids or adults, whoever you serve can get in a lot quicker and have progress faster. That's right. So you really have an opportunity to be part of the solution of people going without services, right? When I, I think that that is a main reason why a lot of SLPs who are thinking more and more about private practice, because people see that there's a need out there and like you can fill it, right? Listener, if you are listening and you're like, you know what, I'm not happy at my job. Maybe like Chelsea, you got a pay cut or you're just, you know, it's another year where they say, sorry, no raises, maybe next year. And you're like, I can't really do that, right? Be thinking about whether or not you can start a private practice and you can either do it on the side, which is what Chelsea planned to do, or go more all in, which is what she ended up doing. Yes, absolutely. So one of the other things that we I wanted to have you touch on, if you don't mind, has to do with, you know, starting a private practice early in your career, right? I think there was a, been a long misconception for a long time that you have to wait until you have, you know, 20 years or more experience to start a private practice. That's part of the old way to do it. Tell people, what is it like to start a practice as a relatively young clinician? It's the best. It's so exciting. Let's say I graduated in 2018. It's just about 2021, three years, you know, three years out. I wouldn't want it any other way. It's really, I think for me, I was always scared. Oh, you're not going to have a mentor. How are you going to learn? That is so false. That is so false. You know, there's mentors available everywhere. We have the internet now. You can join any SLP group on Facebook, the start group, the grow group for more. That's for more business type stuff. You know, we don't really talk about treatment approaches or anything, but I mean, you can find a mentor for anything. And once I kind of got that drilled into my head, I was like, oh, there's no reason to be scared because I have all kinds of mentors just at my fingertips. It's really very freeing. And I found that, you know, I am young, but walking into these IEP meetings, these evaluations, and I'm not only the SLP, I'm also the business owner. And people know that that's pretty powerful. And people, people figure out pretty quickly that you either know your stuff or you don't, and that you belong there. You know, you're not just some high schooler, you're, you belong there. So own it. 
That's right. You have a master's degree. <laughs> you have experience. I've, I've, I've long said that people who are, who are, you know, newer in the profession also are fresh out of grad school, right? They know a lot of this material more fresh versus people who have been in the field for a long time and might either be stuck in their ways or not really interested at all in evidence-based practice. And so, you know, I also started my private practice, like, I was within a year of getting my C's. So I'm another person who started, I was 25 or 26 years old when I started my private practice. And it was through a a fluke experience. I had no idea at the time that you could start your private practice early in your career. And I had some colleagues of mine who said, Jenna, why don't you start seeing private clients? And I was floored. I was like, what, me? I'm 26. I thought you had to wait for decades to do that. And they're like, no, not really. Like as long as you have something to bring to the table, as long as you have enough skills to be helpful and useful and provide great services to people who need them, then you can start a private practice. And I was like, oh my gosh, that is incredible. And it was a great decision for me. And Chelsea, I can tell it's a great decision for you. And so for people listening who might be like, oh my gosh, I thought I had to wait. Like you don't. And Chelsea's a great example of someone who jumped in. Yeah. So school contracts, just because I know that's been brought up a lot in the start group lately, it is atypical for someone to start with school contracts. <laughs> Um, in the start program, you are actually coached to start with private paying clients on the side. Um, school contracts are their own beast. So I don't want someone to listen to this and be like, oh, I'm going to go get a school contract. Just like if you're a school-based SLP and you have to follow that state's um, education department's guidelines, you still have to follow that under your contract. It's just that typically you're paid much better. And you can do that based on your schedule during the weekday instead of the schools. So like they can't tell you, well, in my contract, I have a written where they I don't do bus duty or lunch duty or any of those other weird things that they demand of SLPs right now. I'm not doing that. And really you have the freedom to write your contract however you want. Just like you have the freedom to write your business plan however you want. Um, You can make your private practice look like whatever you want for it to fit your life. And I think that's really important. It's so freeing. And I, I think what you said is true that most people, well, the way that I teach it anyway is just what Chelsea said. I teach people how to start private practices on the side of their job, mostly because SLPs tend to be fairly risk averse. And most people don't want to leap into private practice. They want to dip their toe in, right? So that's kind of how I teach it in my program is to dip your toe into private practice. And like, you can get to the the deep end later. But sometimes there are situations where people have either quit their job or occasionally people have been fired for various reasons, or there's just been some sort of reason why people need to start their private practice quickly, get up to speed, get earning money, and like make this work on a condensed timeline. And that's also very possible. It's just not, you know, what most people want to do, but you can do it, right, Kelsey? Oh, that's what I did. I jumped in with both feet and within, I mean, as soon as school started, I was in the group like, guys, how do I hire? How do I... (laughs) 
how do I do all these things? Because it just grew exponentially. And I was not, I was not expecting growth within six months, honestly. Yeah. But I think that you've handled it very well. And like you said, that you've also sought out support for how to make growth easier and more manageable. And you've also really started to see like, okay, who do I need to hire to help me start to really grow my practice? Because you've got two kids that you want to be also spending some more time with, right? So tell our listeners, what are your plans for the next like six months to a year in terms of growth? I'm looking to focus more on my favorite client group, which are my preschoolers, my complex needs, younger kids, the AAC kids. Specifically, I have a preschool co-op contract that really fills that need right now. And I'm in a unique position to help build a literacy-based classroom program, which I'm also highly passionate about. So passionate about. So right now I'm Toying with the idea of a biller, I definitely would love to hire a part-time, I'm still on the fence if I'm going to do a subcontractor, an actual employee, to take over a K-12 contract I have. I love those kids. High schoolers are just, they're just not for me. You know, I, I can't keep up with the video games. You know, that's just not my speed. I, I don't understand. They have phones that are better than my phone. I I don't understand. So I'm really looking to hone in on my favorite client population. And hopefully this next year, if I do school contracts part-time, somebody else takes my other contract so that we still have income and it's still there. Um, But then that frees me up time to one, be home with my kids more. And two, have a day or two to kind of see private clients on the side, like I had originally planned and build that up. So then I have multiple streams of income. Love, right? So I think that that is one of the things that people need to think about, right? Is what do you want your private practice to look like? Because what what Chelsea probably wanted her private practice to look like back when she was in grad school may or may not have been school contracts, right? But like, this is what you kind of, on and this is what you're doing. And now you have the freedom to be like, I'm going to keep what I love doing this preschool population, not so much into the high schoolers, which I totally get. I'm also not the high schoolers make me nervous. Um, so I'm going to find yes. someone else to do that. And then starting to go back to some private clients, just, you know, private pay or whatever. Cause again, you're gonna, there's the need is there in your area. You can spend more time with your kids, right? Absolutely. I often say that private practice is a vehicle to get you where you want to go, right? I don't think of private practice as a job setting when you are the owner. Mm -hmm. It's like, how can I create something that I love and that is helping me serve people in my community? And yes, be making the income that I would like to make and also work the hours that work for me and my family. So before we wrap up, Chelsea, are there any other either tips or tricks or things that you want to say to people who are kind of in your situation, but might be a little bit nervous? There is never a perfect time. 
for anything in life. Like there's never a perfect time. You know, I did this. I started on maternity leave. I had a newborn at home, a two-year-old at home. You know, there's never a perfect time ever. So just do it. And if you're scared, do it scared. It's a learning opportunity. You're only going to grow from it. If you crash and burn, then that's just a lesson to learn. You get back up. It's really, it's fine. You know, and it's okay if you skip a couple steps because I, I definitely skipped a couple steps and it's fine. You can go back and do them later. It's totally fine. I think that just, again, Chelsea is an action taker, right? So if you're an action taker and you're willing to do the work as you go, right? SLPs fall into the trap. This is just the nature of who we are of waiting to get our ducks in a row. If you wait to get your ducks in a row, it will take you 20 years to start your private practice because there's always another duck that you're going to think you need to have, right? Chelsea, do you have a website? No, not yet. Not yet, but <laughs> are you, is your business doing okay? Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Right. So that's a step that Chelsea has skipped. And guess what? She'll have a website one of these days and it'll be totally fine. But in the meantime, she has that, that duck is still wandering around. You know, she's got another ducks in a row and you're, you're making money. You're seeing clients, you're growing fast, figuring out how to hire so you can spend more time with those kids of yours. Right. So listeners, do not wait to get your ducks in a row. Get your ducks in a row as you build your practice. Right, Chelsea? Absolutely. So I know you don't have a website, so we don't have to give me your website. Do you have any social media accounts? No. Nope. I'm all word of mouth right now. I'm in a desert. Once they hear of me, it's like they flock. I love that. We're continuing with the duck bird terminology, right? People are flocking. Yeah. To Chelsea. I love it. You don't have to have a website. You don't have to have social media. All you, what you do have to do is you have to start and you have to make sure that people know about you, right? Chelsea has said a couple of times that she's gotten this word of mouth marketing, right? In order to get word of mouth, you have to give people something to talk about. And in Chelsea's case, it, you know, part of that has been like, Hey, I'm here. I'm in this SLP desert. There's no one else doing it, but I'm here and I am willing to help. And that is enough to start generating some word of mouth marketing for her. How cool is that? So Chelsea, again, it has been so incredible to watch your growth, right? Y'all, she joined Start Your Private Practice in either April or May. Neither of us can remember. She just joined Grow Your Private Practice in November because she is really ready to, to take off and grow. And it's just been so amazing to watch your growth. And I cannot wait to see what happens next. So thank you for letting me bear witness to it. And also thank you for sharing your story with our listeners. Absolutely. I hope someone joins the SLP train, the SLP private practice train. Jump on. There's plenty of room. There's plenty of room. And we we see some cool stuff and we help each other out. And there's some awesome people on this train, right? So, you know, whether, you know, you have been wanting to do this for a while or like maybe you were like Chelsea and in grad school, you knew you wanted to have a private practice or maybe you never, ever thought you'd have a private practice. You thought you'd be a career school SLP, 
but you're overworked and overtired and underpaid. And you're like, where's that train that Chelsea and Jenna were talking about? I want to hop on that private practice train, right? Please come join us because we would love to help you out. And yes, you'll get to hang out with Chelsea in the student group. So that's pretty cool too. Yeah. I love it. All right. Well, thank you so much for being on and sharing your story, Chelsea. Thanks for having me. Don't you just love Chelsea? I love her energy, her enthusiasm, and really her drive to start a private practice that will serve her clients and her family. Chelsea joined the Start Your Private Practice program and hit the ground running. She went through each of the modules, used the checklists, and asked questions in the Facebook group, which our mentor team answered. She was on a mission to start her private practice quickly, and she did. Then, a few months later, she joined the Grow Your Private Practice program, which is for private practitioners who are focused on growing their client base, their income, and making their first hires. Chelsea recently joined this program, and I know that she'll see steady growth as a result. Chelsea is making goals and then making them happen. How cool is that? If you are inspired by this episode and want help to start your own private practice, make sure you head over to startyourprivatepractice.com backslash training to sign up for our free training. This is the same training that Chelsea watched that propelled her into action and starting her private practice. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you next week for another private practice success story. Well, this episode might be over, but we don't have to say goodbye. Head on over to independentclinician.com for resources that will help you at each stage of your private practice journey. If you're on Instagram, let's connect. Follow me and send me a DM. I'm at independent clinician. And if you're on Facebook, make sure that you join the SLP and OT Private Practice Beginners Facebook group. All right, off to help more regular SLPs and OTs become successful private practitioners. Let me know if I can help you too.